Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, April the 21st, 2023. It is currently 2.35 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Spiritual famine. Spiritual famine. How do you define a spiritual famine? I've not given this much thought about really necessarily how to define it. I had in my mind how I understood it. And there was a, a series of articles, at least two parts. I think it was posted at the Christian Post. Maybe it was crosswalk.com. I don't really remember which website posted them. I can't find the articles now. They were there for like a day and then they disappeared. But they talked about, you know, hey, we're in the middle of a spiritual famine here in the United States of America and something needs to be done about it. And I made kind of an argument. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't believe we're in a spiritual famine. I believe we're drowning in content. So I did a podcast episode, I think yesterday about we have, you know, an abundance of spiritual content. How do we benefit from it? How do we use it? What can we do? And I threw out lots of just different ideas. Some of them were crazy. Some of the ideas I'm not going to be able to do because of possible copyright issues. Uh, because I really wanted to, what I wanted to do is just to try to demonstrate, just say on sermonaudio.com. That's over 2 million sermons are available to people. Over 2 million sermons are available on sermonaudio.com. You can access access them through the Sermons 2.0 app, but that's two million sermons. You're never going to listen to all of them. Not 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 in a hundred lifetimes are you ever going to listen to them. You're not even going to know half of those sermons even exist. You're probably never going to see them. You're never going to look at them. You're never even going to click on them, but they're just sitting there. Just two million of them just sitting there and in a virtual way collecting dust. So I'm like, we, there's got to be a way to get that content to people. And so, and when I look at that, that's just one, one, one site, one platform, sermonaudio.com. That's over 2 million sermons. The Edify Christian Podcast uh, app. That's over 2 million Christian podcasts. Sermons, uh, sermons.net. Their app, that's probably another million or more sermons. You take all of that together, you're probably around 5 million sermons available, sermons slash podcast available on three apps. I mean, that's, that's astronomical. To me, that is not a spiritual famine. So what I wanted to do was like, you know what? I got this great idea. What if Sermon Audio had a radio station? Where all they did was pull from all of their, their, their vault, that archive, and they grouped it together in interesting ways that would want people to listen to their radio station. So someone would come on, let's say eight o'clock in the morning, you know, good morning. I'll be with you for the next four or five hours. Coming up first, we're going to play three sermons that were just uploaded in the last 15 minutes to sermonaudio.com. These are the, 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 the newest three. And we'll start with those three and we will start 
start right now. They play the first sermon. They come in and go, Hey guys, that was, that was a, a sermon that was added just a little while ago. Um, as we were listening to that sermon, I got, I got four questions about that sermon to see if you remember it and what you took away from it. All right. And then we'll, we'll be coming up with sermon number two that was added just a little while ago coming up next. And then we'll pl- play a little bit of music. They come in. All right. Here's a sermon that was added, you know, just about an hour ago. And then they do the third one. And then after that, they come back, play a little music, ask some questions, and then they come back and say, okay, the next block of sermons, we're going to play four sermons on Psalm 2, four sermons on Psalm 2 pulled from the sermon audio archive. And then they just grab four random sermons. And then between each sermon, they ask a few questions about the sermon they just played, play a little bit of music, you know, may pray, what, then play. Once that block is over, okay, coming up next, we have three sermons on the doctrine of repentance. And then they just like all day, 24 seven, there's someone there guiding you through and helping you learn and discover these ministries and these sermons. To me, that would make like, that would take that content and a place, basically put it on a plate and, and feed it for you, feed it to you and make it beneficial. And I think I, it would be awesome after the sermon going, okay, we just, because the person hosting that block of sermons would be actually listening to the sermons. They would have their Bible open. They would have, and then they would just come back in and go, here are four, you know, the, let, let's remind ourselves of the four points of that sermon. All right. Here are three questions from that sermon. Do you remember? And then ask the three questions. That helps it stick with everyone. This would be a unique, I, I, and I wanted to try it. I wanted to basically do a Sermons 2.0 radio broadcast for like 24 hours. But it, it appears that, uh, I, I, that I would possibly need some kind of copyright allowance to be able to do that. It's weird to me because I was only going to broadcast on Sermons 2.0. Well, the sermons are already there. So I'd be broadcasting on the platform where the sermon already is located. And I wasn't going to broadcast on any of our other platforms and I wasn't going to record it and I wasn't going to upload it. I would just be live playing on the platform where the sermon is, the sermon. <laughs> so I, I didn't think I'd be violating anything. I really thought that that would be like a cool idea just to see if it works, right? Because people could listen and go, ah, don't really like this. Oh, this is a really cool idea. And then maybe the idea would catch on because I think there's so much content out there that people, that Christian ministries need to be more creative in how to get the content to people. This is an issue on Netflix. Netflix talks about it. HBO Max is talk about it, that we've got hundreds of thousands of hours of content that people never find. They never access. They don't even know it's there. Virtually, it's collecting dust. Well, they're paying for that content. How does that content get to the people? Uh, music streaming services, they have to create playlists after playlists after playlists so that people will find these songs. They got to find new ways, like, you know, you're, you know, a brand, you know, it's new music Friday. Here's the songs you should listen to. But just think in any playlist you're looking at on whatever genre of music, even if it's new music Friday, that's not even, uh, that's not even one percent of all the music that was released. So there's all of that you're never going to find. Apple Music has well three live radio stations with DJs where they're playing music and interviewing artists, so that you're like, "Ooh, I just heard that. Ooh, I just discovered that." They're always trying to help you find a way. To, I mean, this is an issue everywhere in our culture because we're overwhelmed. We're drowning in content. 
We, we can't figure out what we want. We, we can't. So, so this, and, and I connected it to, in my mind, this is the way I was looking at it. Well, wait a minute. If we have all of this content, there's no way we're in a spiritual famine. I, I refuse to believe that. Well, someone emailed me and they offered a different perspective. And I love when you guys email me. I love when you guys email me. I love when you engage the broadcast. And I always try my best. I, I don't always do a good job of this, but I try that when someone engages me on an email, I try to turn that into a podcast episode as soon as I can. There's some emails I've received recently I haven't gotten to, and I greatly apologize for that, but I, I do try. But this one is just perfect timing because it fits, I think, what we talked about yesterday. And even today, behind the scenes, I have been emailing, trying to figure out how could I do this, this broadcast? Cause I think it would be, wouldn't it be cool to just see what would happen? Like you're listening all day and you're like, oh, that was a good sermon on Psalm 2. Okay. Well, okay. What was the name of that sermon? And, and I'm giving like you would be discovering new ministries, new church. Like to me, I would think every church who puts their content on sermon audio would be like, yes, please help me because I wouldn't be critiquing it. It wouldn't be like, see, when I use a sermon for review, critique, analysis, that is fair use, right? Because I'm taking a sermon, I'm critiquing it, I'm analyzing it, right? I'm reviewing it for educational purposes and my content, my, usually my comments about the sermon are far more than the actual sermon itself. So it, it meets the legal standard of being transformative. No, in other words, nobody would listen and go, Oh, that was that. No, they, they're going to remember all of my critique and analysis and all of what we're talking about. So it's transformative. I don't do it for money. It's not monetized. So there's no money. And I think that that meets, that meets the, the standard for fair use. So I've never, I've never had a problem reviewing a sermon only one time. I had one pod, it was a brand new podcast. I thought I was doing a good job of promoting them because they were brand new. And I reviewed one of their episodes and they sent, they, they contacted my podcast hosting site. They got the, they, 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 we were accused of violating copyright. We had our content removed and, and, and I, and the people who, who were part of that podcast, they were just so rude because all they had to do was contact me and I would have pulled it down. But someone estimated, like you used, you only used 30 minutes. It was someone from a university, I think who, um, I can't remember what their job was, but they knew, they seemed to know a lot about copyright laws and like you only utilize 30 minutes of their content and you produce like three hours of programming. That's clearly transformative. Clearly, you're offering critique and analysis. So it meant like that. I could have argued fair use, but it was just so they like they got offended. And I kept telling people subscribe to this podcast. I was like promoting people, promoting it. But no, they didn't want it to be promoted. They wanted people to listen to it. And I was like, it was your first episode. I what I was doing is promoting like crazy your first episode so that people would go subscribe so they could hear episode two, three, four, five, six, you know, but no. So that's the only time we've ever had a problem uh, because I think reviewing a sermon, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm offering, I mean, I'm offering critique analysis. It's fair use. But in this case, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be offering critique. I would just be playing the sermons without critique, without review. So therefore it would not meet fair use, but but I just thought it would be, it would be a fun exper experiment. 
live broadcasting, trying to show you what it would be like for people saying, here's, here's all of this two million sermons. Here's part of that content all, all put together in very unique ways. Here are three sermons on spiritual depression. Here are three sermons on hell. Here are three sermons on heaven. Here are three sermons on angels. Here are three sermons on Genesis chapter one. Here are three sermons on was creation six days or not. Here's three sermons on theistic versus yeah, theistic evolution versus creation. Yeah, whatever the just three sermons on apologetics. Like I would just be grouping them together, grouping them together. Um, maybe sometimes only doing one sermon. Maybe just as as creative as I could be, like right, and then listening for like people offering requests, like we could do requests. Hey, do you have a sermon on? Like I would be live, so people could could email me and say, Hey, do you have a sermon on Revelation chapter two? And I'd be like, Coming up next, we have a sermon on you know on the request line. It, to me, it would be fun, but I don't. I guess I don't have the right to do that. I, I'm so disappointed in that. Um, it's one of those things. I almost wish I would have just done it. And then said, oops, I'm sorry, after? Okay, but, or they pull the plug. Hey, you can't be doing what you're currently doing on your live broadcast. We're pulling, we're pulling the plug. You're now kicked off the air. Okay, that, but um, I, I, I was hoping it would work. But to me, the fact that I could literally go live and just turn into a 24-7 radio station playing sermons literally from one source and I could be a radio station doing that 24-7 for the rest of my natural born life. Even if science was able to extend my life, if I could live to be 300 and I would never run out of content. Like that is, that is one website. That, that's insane to me. So to me, that's, that's not a famine. That's not a famine in any way that I just don't even see how it is. But someone had a unique perspective and I want to talk about it. And then I'm going to try to demonstrate maybe why I see it a little differently. All right. So are you ready? Here we go. The email came in at 9.33 a.m. today. Here it is, 2.48 p.m. So it's been a few hours. I've been slow. I apologize. But here we go. The title of the email the abundance of content, which is what I talked about and how to benefit from a sermon is the name of the episode. You can go listen to it. This is what they say. And I quote, was about 30 minutes into your most recent podcast about the abundance of content and you made a reference to spiritual famine and that connected some dots. I think in addition to taking the abundance for granted, there is more in play. Now, I love my listeners. I love my listeners because most of our listeners are very really good at, at just thinking things through, logical connections, digging in, researching. And I'm sorry if you're hearing all kinds of things uh, fall over around me. Okay, there we go. My Bible knocked everything over. All right, here we go. So, but I love this because someone's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I think there's more in play because I was really emphasizing we take it for granted. We have all of this stuff and we just we just take it for granted. Here's what they say. Here we go. Next paragraph. Your argument has been that there is so much content that is that it is impossible for us to be in a famine. 
And that, that I'll be, I mean, look, that, I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that that is my perspective. Now, I used to have a different perspective. Let me, let, let me make it very clear. I, I used to have a different perspective for historical context. There was a time in my Christian life when I was younger, even when I first became a pastor, I'd be like, look, there's 200 churches in Abilene, Texas, but we are in the middle of a spiritual famine, right? And because I would basically say all the spiritual content is trash. It's no good. So we're in a spiritual famine. But I, I kind of started changing my mind a little bit. You'll see why. You'll see why. You'll see why. All right. Here we go. Your argument has been that there, and I quote again from the email, your argument has been that there is so much content that it is impossible for us to be in a famine. I think on the surface that rings true, but there is a consideration that you're hinting at with your comparison to the streaming channels that when we are presented with so much content, we don't know what to choose and are dissatisfied with what we often choose. Famine is a food reference so an agricultural analogy seems relevant. Now, this is good, right? Because I was connecting it to streaming services. But you're right. Famine is an agricultural reference. So you may need an agricultural, uh, you know, illustration or a connection. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm following that. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Our culture will sometimes talk of a famine in the United States. Not because people don't have access to food, but the food they do have access to is lower in nutritional content and they lack the knowledge to prepare highly nutritious meals, not taught, can't afford, etc. As a result, because their bodies lack nutrition, people often end up eating more and becoming overweight, causing other health problems. All right. This this is good. You're right. That, that, that means, Hey, there's a famine, but it's not because I don't, they don't have a, that's not because of a lack of. It's because of a lack of, it's the, it's the quality that they have access to. It's not the abundance. They have abundance of things, but they have the, uh, what they have access to, what they have an abundance of is something of poor quality or they themselves do not possess the knowledge and how to take what is available and turn it into something nutritional. All right. I can see that. Now, here we go. Here's the next paragraph. I think it's similar for Christian content. Many Christians have not been taught how to prepare a spiritual meal. As a result, we are dependent on the fast food of Christian content. We are smothered with it. Books, podcasts, sermons, cliched home decor, but much of the content is of such a low philological quality that no matter how much is consumed, growth is difficult to foster. This leads to spiritual maladies, bad theology, and a lack of fruit from stunted growth, limited sanctification, inability to evangelize, defend the faith, or in extreme cases, articulate the gospel at all. Now, I will not deny that. I will not. I will not. And I hear that. 
I do believe there's a lot of spiritual junk food being disseminated all across the internet. Internet. I will go so far, not just spiritual junk food. There's a lot of basically spiritual poison being disseminated all across the internet. We are in full agreement. I think that what happened to me and where I, my perspective began to change is I begin to get a little frustrated with Christians, right? Now, you got to hear me out. This may not make any sense. For me, this is my own perspective. I was a, a Christian, you know, teenager, you know, didn't know, I didn't know anything. I didn't have any background. I didn't know anything. So I become a Christian and I'm listening to what's available to me. There was not near the con- the the amount of stuff available to me at that time. It was I, I had to go looking for. It. I had to try to be listening to Christian radio at just the right time to hear it. Right? Um, I could go to the Christian bookstore. There was a lot there, but I didn't always have money to purchase it. Right? So I had to look and I had to get what. Sometimes I was buying books in the bargain bin because they were cheap. Right? Because I could afford them. 50 cents or a dollar or whatever. I mean, like, I'm like, Hey, what do you get? What are you trying to get rid of? Oh, all right. Oh, we got to get rid of these books. I'll buy them all. Okay. Because I can afford that. that. I can get 10 of these for the price of that one over there. Like I, that's literally the way I would, I would, you know, work at that at time times. So I, for me, what I started learning to do as I grew as a Christian, I'm trying to give you an example here. Um, what do I have? Okay. Here, here we go. Here we go. I'm just going to, I'm going to lean down. Right here. Hardback book. Bought, purchased. What year was this purchased? This was purchased. When was this purchased? Uh, this was purchased uh, somewhere close to, I think, 2006. 2006. All right. So it's a long time ago, right? Hardback book. It is Pathways to His Presence, a daily devotional by, oh, none other than Charles Stanley, who recently passed away. All right, now. Okay, good. All right. Someone just says, that's an interesting point. I grew up in the internet age, so uh, and access to information is a given. All right, yeah, I mean, for me, it wasn't. I mean, for me, I was like, oh, wait, 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 I want to hear some preaching. Oh, is there a church service going on? I remember when I was a Lutheran, I was calling every Lutheran church I could find in town. I was kind of like, do I have anything? Do you have a Bible study going on? Do you have a, what is it? Do you have an extra church service? Like, cause I'm dying over here. Like I'm, someone help me out, right? Please, right? Because it was like, go to a Lutheran church. I got a Sunday morning sermon that was maybe 15 to 20 minutes long. And I'm like, could someone feed me, please, please? I need, because all I could do is like, Wait, wait, okay. Oh, wait, Christian Radio. What, what's coming on? Okay. Oh, wait. Wait, 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 wait. I got a sermon coming on in five minutes. Okay, stay, stay, and, you know, record it, record it, record it, you know. So, um, but, so, I, I, or I could go to the bookstore and like, okay. Uh, now, and so I started going to the Abilene Public Library looking for all the Christian books I could find. But the point is, let's say that all I could access was Pathways to His Presence by Charles Stanley. Now, the theology in this book is Charles Stanley. And we know that, you know, he was a semi-Pelagian, easy, clearly Arminian, and some serious issues that I would have with him theologically. 
But here's what I know. If I have a Bible, a journal, a notebook, back in the olden days, an actual physical concordance, I had a concordance, so I could do some cross-referencing, maybe one Bible dictionary, just have some basic tools. I could sit here and open this and read, the scripture reading is Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 to chapter 7, verse 1, right? I could take that, read the scripture, read what Charles Stanley has to say, close it, and guess what? No matter how bad it is, no matter if they're spiritual poison, I can take that and then I can start working on it. I can spend an hour, two hours, three hours, one, and like I could write in my notebook what Charles Stanley said, what I see, observe, study, learn, interpret from the text. And I and look, I figured out how to do Bible study methods as a teenager. No one in the church taught me. The church did jack for me, right? They didn't, they didn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be rude. They didn't. I learned Bible study. Math. So I could take what, okay, Charles Stanley gives me a Genesis 6, 9. Let's see me look at a Bible here. Genesis 6, 9. I threw the book back down. I think it was to 7, 1. So 6, 9 uh, to uh, 7, 1. All right. So 6, 9 is... Uh, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. All right. So, like, if I was reading this, so, so immediately what I would do, like, no matter what, I would even, I, I would write down, summarize, here's what Charles Stanley said about it, right? And then I would just say, forget Charles Stanley now. I'm going to go dig into the text. So the first thing I probably would have done as a brand new Christian, I'd be like, perfect. Wait, he was perfect? Are you telling me he, he was without sin? Well, wait a minute. He could have been that perfect because just a little bit later, he's going to be, you know, laying in a tent with no clothes on, drunk. Okay. So, all right. Maybe, maybe not so perfect. All right. So what is perfect? So I would have looked up in my concordance, the word perfect. I would have went to the Strong's uh, Dictionary, got the basic meaning. I would have looked at all the cross-references and how perfect is used. I'm like, okay, what does it mean to be perfect? All right. So then I would have started doing that kind of thing. I would have just started working on it on my own. Like, I, no matter how bad the book, and trust me, Charles Stanley's devotional books, and I am very familiar with his devotional books, ladies and gentlemen. I have them all. Not only that, I subscribe to his devotional magazine for a good portion of my life. Oh, yeah, and I graduated from his school. So I know, I know that it's not always good theology, but no matter how bad it ever was, it turned into a spiritual, not a spiritual snack, a full-blown spiritual meal. But the, the thing is, is uh, you could you would argue, well, you figured out how to take it and prepare it. Right. What ticks me off is, I don't believe any Christian has an excuse for not being able to figure out how to do that. I, 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 there was a time I was so like, I would blame the church. It's the church. Now, I, now I've reached like, you know, it's the individual. You don't want to know how you don't want to know how you don't look. I, I, I will put the blame on me. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a separate example. When it comes to how to cook food, I'm, I, I, man, I'm lucky I can make a bowl of cereal. I'm lucky I could, you know, get a glass of water. I, I'm not, I don't know how to, I, you get, it's got to have some instructions and I need a microwave. Other than that, I'm going to die. Oh, I could put a frozen pizza in the oven. I think I could do that maybe, right? Oh, I can use the air fryer a little bit, right? I could, if, if the instructions are there, okay, I preheat. Okay. I, I can do that. Like there's certain things, but guess what? You know whose fault that is? That's mine. Cause I don't want to learn. I don't want to be bothered to 
learn. I don't really like food and I definitely don't want to have to spend time cooking it. All right. I'd rather door dash it than cook it. Okay. So that's, that's because I'm lazy. I don't desire it. I don't want to know it. That's on me. So I may lay around whining and complaining. I'm so hungry and there's nothing to eat. And I may act like a two-year-old, but it's my own fault. So when when Christians, when we talk about, well, there's a lack of good content, the bad content can become a full-blown spiritual meal with just a little bit of effort. I, I, I've had people... And Christians, and again, this is the Christians, sometimes the arrogance of them drives me crazy. So I, I tried to provide for my church feature, a daily Bible study guide, right? It's right here. I, I love these things. They come in every quarter. I think the things are actually really good. Well, I had someone like, well, I'm just not getting much out of it. I don't, it doesn't really go in depth. And I'm like, for crying out loud, it can, it can go as in depth as you want it to go. It gives you the scripture. It gives you a paragraph. You can do whatever you want with it. So I, I believe that this is a true problem, that there is a lot of bad quality stuff. I will be the first to admit that. I mean, look at how many sermons I review that turn into utter complete train wrecks. What I always hope will happen is even in our sermon review, when the, when everything is going horribly wrong, that we leave that sermon review with learning about how not to handle the text, how to handle the text correctly, that we get something positive from it. So I do agree that there is a problem that in Christianity today, there is a lot of bad quality food, but I just don't understand how an individual Christian can't take that food and turn it into the most nutritious meal ever, ever found in the history of the church. I, I, I have a hard time calling that a famine. To me, that's not a famine. That's, that's laziness. It's like, here's all the contents, right? To me, this is almost like a, like, like, oh, I'm laying in my house. I'm starving. I'm going to die. I don't know if I'm going to make it another second. Open the door. Yes, we're here. And then, and they just drop all of this, all these, all the, uh, all the ingredients for food right there. Just drop it all right here. Just drop it all here. Oh, and here's, here's some instructions, right? See ya. And then I just lay there going, oh, I'm in a famine because I won't get up and put the food together and eat it. Now I probably would do that. I probably would still lay on the floor and whine that I'm going to die because I don't have anyone to cook it for me. Okay. Yeah. Mock me all you want. But the point is, is I feel like Christians do the same thing. How can there be a famine when there's literally a billion things to listen to of all varying degree uh, uh, levels of quality that that so but I do understand you can say well they don't know how to do it I, it's hard for me to process how you can't figure out how to do it if I could figure out how to do it as a teenager you know how teenagers are right Okay, no no offense to any teenagers listening, but come on. When we were teenagers, we weren't the smartest people in the world, right? We were doing I was still doing dumb things. Doing I was racing trains as a teenager, right? Literally on a car racing a freight train, right? Right, racing train, almost dying multiple times, right? Okay, so don't I was hopping trains because out here in the middle of nowhere, Texas, what is there to do? You hear the train? Let's hop on it and see how far we can ride it and then jump off. I was doing stupid things. 
So if I could figure out how to, if I could figure out how to figure it out, then no matter what I got, oh man, because I bought some really messed up wacky books, okay, from the Christian bookstore. I'd come home going, what in the world are they talking about? What is this? I'd be like, oh boy. Okay. Well, they gave me a scripture. So let me, let me take my notebook, summarize what they said. I don't know what that is. Okay. Now let's work on the text. What do I do? Okay, let's 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 dig in. All right, let's do a chapter summary method. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's do a thematic. Now, okay, let's do a biographical. Oh, wait, let's do a word study. Wait, let's do a chapter analysis. Wait, let's do a and all the different methods. And I would just try to run the methods on anything and everything I could. And and don't say that I was unique or that I was smart or that I was fortunate. To, no, nobody was helping me. I was calling, literally calling Lutheran churches like, come on, please, could you do something tonight? Could someone go up there and preach something, please? I'm begging. I was the one at, at my church saying, hey, guys, it's Friday night. Do you think we could get together? I was always trying to get the teenagers. Maybe we could go up to the church this Friday night and work on Leviticus. Anybody? Oh, nobody wants to do that. Okay. Now, don't, listen, don't, I'm not saying it to say that I was spiritual because when I wasn't doing that, I was probably in, involved in some kind of horrible sin. I was, I was still sinning and still had major, I still sin. So, you know, nothing has changed. But the point was, is I, I have a hard time that in 2023, Christians can't figure things out. That Christians are like, man, <sighs> such a, the content, man, is so bad. I'm starving. I'm just, I'm, I'm in a bad shape spiritually because I just cannot find any good content. I don't, I just don't know how that's humanly possible when you have literally access to every, almost everything that was ever written or spoken in the history of Christianity available on your phone. Like, I don't know. You can, I mean, like, it's literally on your phone. I was a teenager driving, like, I'm going to go to the Abilene Public Library. Okay, where's the theology books? Okay, oh, okay, here we go. What is this? I don't know. I don't know what this is. Okay, uh, who, who, who is this? You know, who's Charles Ryrie? Who's, what's Moody Bible Institute? What's, who's Calvin? Who, like, you know, whatever I was reading at the time. Uh, who's Charles Hodge or, uh, what else? I don't know other systematic theologies. Was it Burkhoff? Um, I can't remember the other ones. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember. It's a long time ago. So, so I guess that's where I struggle. I'm like, how can we be in a famine? I do understand that there's bad quality stuff. And I do understand that if you live and you don't know how, you don't know how to prepare and you don't know how to make your own meal. I do understand, but I don't know how a Christian can't figure out how to make their own spiritual meal in 2023. Now, maybe, maybe if they live in a place where there's no internet, no Wi-Fi, I mean, for crying out loud, they can go to the library, get a library card, and you can get, you can use the computers there. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. I, I just, I, I just don't get it. So they go on to say, and I'm going to reread that paragraph. I think it's similar for Christian, for Christian content. Many Christians have not been taught how to prepare a spiritual meal. Now I do, now listen, I do agree that many Christians haven't been taught how. Now that, there is the church's fault. Because anytime the church is like, how to study the Bible, it's the most, it, I, I don't even know what that is. It's just to me complete complete garbage that that they don't really teach people how. Um, as a result, we are dependent on fast food of Christian content. We're smart. But see, to me, 
Fast food, like let's say this devotional is fast food. It's only fast food if I leave it as fast food. I can take this and work on it all day. I can take this and turn it into six months of study. And and don't say, well, you do that because you're a pastor. I was doing it when I was a teenager. Okay, but it's not because I was more spiritual. I don't want you to think it's because I'm spiritual. I, I, I probably was committed. I probably have committed far worse sins than anybody who's ever listened to this program has ever committed. All right. Um, we are smothered with it. Books, podcasts, sermons, cliched, home decor, but much of the content is of, is of a much low, low, of such a low theological quality that no matter how much it's consumed, growth is, is difficult to foster. This leads to spiritual maladies, uh, 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 bad theology, and a lack of fruit from stunted growth, limited sanctification, inability to evangelize, uh, defend the faith, or in extreme case, articulate the gospel at all. I also think the church has been and has an infestation of weeds, especially in America. Because we've booked our schedule so full, we don't leave any time for more than a quick bite of spiritual food on the go. Now, I do believe that's true. The check, this checks the box of self-righteousness, but does not nourish to healthy growth. All green, no fruit. Now, I do agree there that, that Christians are so busy that we only have time for a little bit of, well, I mean, go to uh, the YouVersion Bible app. Now, a lot of people could look at the YouVersion Bible app and go, come on. That, the, their little daily section, that's like, what, what is, that's like three minutes. What is that? And many times, what is that? But I could take their little daily section on the YouVersion Bible app and I could, I could turn it into a mill if I am so inclined to do so. But listen, there are times, there are times I'm not inclined to do so. You know what there are times I'm inclined to do? Get, do something quick. And I'm just going to be honest with you. So I can check the box. So I can say I can do something spiritual. And then I run downstairs to do what I want all day. I do it all the time. But let me just give you an example. Let me just give you an example. All right. So, uh, right before I went live on the air. So 37 minutes ago, 37 minutes ago, I went to sermonaudio.com and I clicked on newest audio. And I downloaded the first three things that showed up in the feed. That, in other words, these messages have been added to the Sermon Audio site, Sermons 2.0 app, in the last 45 minutes to an hour. This is brand new, hot off the presses. So just, just see. So let's just see. Anybody can, anybody can access that. So I'm going to go to files. All right. Here's uh, three. Here's the three. I'm just going to grab the first one. All right. So I'm going to grab the first one. I'm going to pull it over. I don't know the volume. I don't know anything. But th- just just to show you, like like anybody can do this, right? Anybody can do this. Th- th- and I just this is where I have a hard time saying that we're in a spiritual famine. Anyone can download the Sermons 2.0 app, and, and this is this is just the content that came in in the last 45 minutes. I guarantee you, there's already more sermons added right now. But this is in the last 45 minutes, right? And you can do this all day. You can just go to the newest section and just all day see all the new stuff coming in. It just keeps coming. It just over and over and over. I can go to the Edify Christian Podcast app. It's constantly being updated with new content. Sermons.net app, constantly being updated with new content. I can't, I'm literally cannot keep up with it. Now, now I'm just going to pull this up and let's just see what happens. All right, here we go.
Well, I said, here we go, and it's not playing. All right, All right let's pull up another one. Now, that was weird. Okay, let's pull up another one. Hang on, hang on. Did, uh, did something happen to my sound here? All right, let's make sure. No, everything is good. All right, let's pull up another one. Maybe their file was corrupted. Let's pull up another one. All right, here we go. So I'm going to read verse one, even though we covered it last week, because I'm sorry, uh, chapter five, chapter five, we covered verses one through six last week, but there's some things uh, just to get to continue its context uh, that we could refer back to it occasionally, but uh, we'll concentrate on verses seven through um, seven through eleven. Verse 1, come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Verse 2, your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Verse 3, your gold and silver have corroded and your corrosion and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasures in the last days. Verse 4, behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Verse five, you have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Verse six, you have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Verse seven, be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord. It's almost such a dramatic shift that this is why I wanted to read the previous verses again (laughs) from you're a murderer. Now be patient. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. Verse 8. You also be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand or draweth nigh in the King James Version. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door, verse 10, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Well, there's the word of the Lord. And uh, let me pray. Our most blessed and gracious Father, in Jesus' name and for his sake, we thank you, Lord, for the uh, blessed truth of your word, uh, for the richness of the truths of James in this very old, old New Testament letter. We ask, Father, that you'll give us Through the Holy Spirit, you'll give us understanding from what is said here, that we'll be able to uh, see Christ exalted from the Word, and that that we'll have understanding by the Holy Spirit uh, from the Word, so that you may be glorified uh, in your people. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. As we saw last week in verses 1 through 6, um, that... James, writing to Jewish believers scattered abroad, he uses a device that is very well known in the in the east, in the far from the Middle East, from the Near East, the Far East, and the 
uh, the Near East, the Middle East, and the Far East, this is very prevalent. It's uh, like teasing your children that when they've done something, you that mothers in the East will shame their children in a uh, in a way that's similar to this. Um, because we even in America we use expressions. We had an expression back in the in the fifties uh, and sixties, like once you've seen something that is uh, just amazing, something that you like, you can. The expression was, "Well, I could just die. I could just die." Well, it's a, that's kind of an extreme expression, but this is what the James is saying unto these people: you you're rich. You know what rich. Uh, wealth, as we mentioned last week, wealth can be a great temptation. Wealth can be a difficult problem. The stewardship for wealth, because it all belongs to God, and Jesus Christ has bought you with a price. There's a great responsibility there. Okay, now that took, um, I don't know exactly how many minutes that took, and I apologize for letting it play as long as I did, but I wanted you just to hear. So immediately, like if that's all I got, if that's all I got, right? And let's say the rest of the sermon is in total, complete theological train wreck. It's spiritual junk food. Well, here's what I got. I just was confronted with James chapter five. Boom. All right. I can, I can work on that all day. Second, I was confronted that James is using a device that was utilized in the Near East, Middle East, Far East. And this was almost a way to use some kind of shame. All right. Is he, so then I could like, okay, is that really what's going on here? All right. All right. The temptation of wealth. All right. There's a topic. All right. So then immediately I could be like, hmm, the temptation of wealth. Can I think of scriptures or stories in the Bible that would demonstrate the possible temptation that comes from wealth? What temptation does wealth provide? Now, is it the wealth that is giving me the temptation or is it my sinful nature that is responding to wealth? All right. Now, now, I've already got like three directions to go and I've only like three minutes into the sermon. No matter how bad the rest of the sermon is, I'm good to go. No matter how bad this sermon is, I, I've got I've got spiritual food for days. Let, let's just listen to a little bit more. There's a lot of stewardship going on, and if you if you stewardship, there we go. I got it now. Is the word stewardship used in the Bible? How is it you? What are some biblical examples of stewardship? I I can now now I can do a topical study. I could do a thematic study, Thema- uh, stewardship in Proverbs, a stewardship in, like, I mean, there's a million ways I could go with it. Now I've got like four different directions I could go. Uh, cater to it wrongly. Verse six, you have condemned and murdered the righteous person. Well, who's that? You've, you've murdered Jesus through your impropriety concerning your well, well-to-do-ness. Go, go ahead, Brother Mike. Uh, make a comment on your... Asian women shaming their children. Yeah. When Michael, Michael had a Chinese piano teacher, mm-hmm. and she's she was telling, you hit the keys like a little girl. <laughs> you hit the. All right, now right there, he just said that James five six, you have condemned and killed the just. Is that a reference to Jesus? 
All right. Oh, now we got a theological and interpretive hermeneutical question. Right. So, I mean, like, we're only minutes. I mean, we're not even minutes into this. And I've already got like four, five, six different directions I could go. Even if it's the worst sermon ever preached in the history of sermons, it's turned into, I mean, like, it's like taking me to the grocery store and literally handing me everything. I've got like everything. Now, yeah, I do. I have to do a little bit of work. Yeah, I have to do a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. Now, I now I again. I so I don't think that's famine. I think that that's spiritual apathy. I think it's spiritual laziness. It's like someone saying, "I'm starving," and you're like, "Okay, right here. I'm going to open the food pantry. Here it is. Take what you want. There's canned goods. There's fruit. Wait, no, 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 no. I need you to cook and feed me." In fact, I need you to take the little spoon and go, here comes the choo-choo, open up, choo-choo-choo, and like, like a little kid. Well, I no, it's right here. It's right there for you. Make it. I'm saying, now this may turn out to be one of the best sermons ever preached on James 5 and the history of humankind, right? But I, 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 it's right there. So that's just one, all right? I almost want to keep listening. Let me go back. I'm going to go back to my files. Let's look at another. I, again, I downloaded three sermons. I don't know why the one is not playing. I think they may have uploaded their audio and they didn't test it. And they didn't. And it's probably one of those where they recorded it, but someone didn't have their mic on. Oh, trust me. Well, I always test mine before I've uploaded it, but I've got ready to upload a sermon. And then I realize for some reason the mic was off. Oh man, I have a nervous breakdown. All right, but let's, here's another one. Here's another one. What is this one? What is this one? This is on Psalm 51. Let's just see what happens. Psalm 51, our summary statement for Psalm 51, Psalm 51 confesses David's sins, seeks restoration through God's covenant mercy. Go over that one more time. Psalm 51 confesses David's sins and seeks restoration through God's covenant mercy. I mean, right there. I mean, we just started. Remove the piano intro and we're already on to something. Here's a summary statement and him restoring, seeking restoration through God's covenent mercy. Oh, uh, our God, God's um, covenant mercies. I mean, there's so much right there to already take apart. I, I would be writing that down and I'd be like, okay, let's go. Let's go. That's just literally minute. Look, remember, these are three sermons that have been added to the Sermons 2.0 app in the last hour. And I guarantee you, if I check, oh, in fact, let me go here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the website right now. I'm going to go to newest audio, newest audio. I just uh, up, uploaded it. Okay, wait, here's what's popped up since then. 
Here are all the sermons that have been added since I went live on the air. Bible reading, Revelation 19, God in the details, the rebuilding of a nation, Ambassador Baptist College Spring Music Recital 2023, 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 14 through 16, the second advent part 2, Judges chapter 5 verses 1 through 31, God says love yourself, prologue to S-M-E-L-L-I-E's Covenanters, uh, and then Psalm 51. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine things have been added since I went live on the air. Nine things have been added since I went live on the air. And, 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 and by the time, if we were to review, and, and those are, I downloaded three sermons. That third one, I'm going to try again to see why it didn't play. But that's Psalm 51 and James 5. Right there, Psalm 51. We'll just listen to a little bit more of the Psalm 51. Outline for this Psalm, two main parts. Verses 1 to 12, confession of sin and petition for forgiveness. Verses 13 to 19. Petition for restoration and vow to praise. Now, within minutes, I've got a summary statement and an outline of Psalm 51. And just think about anybody could be listening to these. I mean, like, I, I like this is all, this is the content that's been, been uploaded to one platform in the last hour. The, forget all the other sermons. We got judges. We got Peter. We got, we got all kinds of other stuff going on being uploaded. Revelation, what, 19, all this other stuff being uploaded, right? There's that one thing. I don't even know what it is that it's referencing. I think it's something from church history. I'd have to go listen for a second to refresh my memory. It's, it's, it, it rings a bell, but I mean, immediately like I, boom. That's on one site. That's one site. Now, and no matter how bad any of that is, like how I, 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 I don't see how it's, it's, it's famine. No matter how bad this food is. I'm going to try this one again. Yeah, this one, for some reason, it never plays. John chapter nine. Oh, here we go. So bad I was risking my... Okay, I think they had their mic off for most of it. And then it's going to come in here. It's going to come in here in a second. I feel bad for it. Starting in verse 37, this is the word of God. On the last day of the feast. Maybe, maybe they had, maybe they had the mic off for the music and then they, they turned it on right when, when they went on, but they were recording. So yeah, someone made a, a mistake. They can edit that out really quick, but okay, let's see what this is. Let's see what this is. Feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. God's word. Uh, Brothers and sisters in Christ, this, what we just read, these three verses, is I think perhaps the most vibrating and pulsating invitation that we have received so far in this gospel. In the gospel of John, I think this is the most uh, vibrant 
invitation that we've received from the mouth of Jesus in the Gospel of John, the invitation to come to Jesus and drink. Now, there have been other invitations given hither and yon, mostly in the form of kind of indicative teaching statements, uh, right? But uh, uh, very few, to my recollection, have uh, been as powerful as, as this one, and as most, uh, and even I think by quite a wide margin, a most pungent of commands as this that we just read. Now I'm sure that you can relate to the story in some way, shape, or form. Now immediately. Oh, there's like, I, I don't even need to go any further. I could be like, ooh, all the invitations that Jesus and it quote unquote offers in the Gospel of John. I could look them up. Oh, and then notice, how do we understand the invitation? He just referred to the invitation as a command. Ooh, is it a command or is it an invitation? Well, this gets to our where my law and gospel study went off the rails, right? Okay. I, I told everyone that there was a reason I was having that discussion on the law and gospel study. See, I just review a sermon, just arbitrarily pick one. And now if it's, if the invitation is a command and you're saved by obeying that command, then you're saved by your works unless you can't obey the command, unless Jesus gives, Oh, there's so much. Oh, see, I don't even need, like I, no matter how bad this sermon is, I'm all, I could be on to, uh, that could last for seven months, taking that apart. All right, let's just listen to a little bit more. But I remember a long time ago, I was uh, taking a camping trip with a friend of mine. Uh, we decided we wanted to go hike up a mountain. But uh, the unfortunate thing was, guess what we forgot to fill before our hike up the mountain? We forgot to fill our water bottles, of course. I mean, we're guys after all. And even though there, there's uh, fresh water streams uh, nearby there, uh, even, even though this, uh, that we have those rivers and stuff like that, uh, there's a risk in drinking from that water because we don't know what kind of microscopic you know, stuff is in there. I don't know if you guys know what a water bear is, but he, whatever that is, he told me that they're bad for you. I don't know what they are, and I kind of put it out of my mind until just, uh, just now. He said, don't get a water bear. And I don't know what it does uh, with with uh, with you, but there's a risk in getting a water bear or something else that uh, that that could be floating around that's microscopic in there, and we forgot our filter at the campsite as well. So the hike took a number of hours, and uh, by the time uh, we got down from the mountain, again the sun was beating down on us. Uh, we still had about an hour or so to go to the campsite where our filters were and stuff like that, and I could care less. Uh, by the time that uh, we got just down the mountain itself, I just dunked my head right into the river and took in as much as I possibly could. Uh, now, what uh, this, uh, this, this shows, I was so dried, I was so parched, I, I was not at the end of myself, but, you know, me and my, you know, 21st century millennial mind, uh, I think to myself that, yes, I am at the end of myself because I'm suffering a little bit uh, right, uh, right here. And so I take in as much as, as, as I could, even though uh, I was risking my very health uh, to get that water. I needed it so bad I was risking my health in order to get it. And in a way, that's about the sentiment of this passage that we just read here about people, Jesus uh, calling out to people, crying out to people to come to him and drink. This invitation really should characterize our evangelism. 
that we give an offer to the person who thirsts to come to Jesus and find in him uh, what no one else and nothing else could possibly provide, what the world itself could not provide. Now, we could, we could see where that goes, but I, get, I think what I wanted you to see is I took just one, one platform and I just grabbed three sermons that had been added literally right before I went on the air, right before I went on the air. Those are three sermons that have been added in the last, less than the last hour, around the last hour. And there's already more things. In fact, if I go right back to the sermon, sermon audio page, I'm going to do a refresh here. Hang on. I'm going to go back up. I'm going to hit newest. I'm going to do a refresh. And oh, wait, more. Th- another sermon has been added. The approachable king. So, so literally, while I've been on the air, just while I've been on the air for 50-something minutes, like six more sermons have been added. I don't know how that's a famine. And even if all of the sermons added are horrific, anybody can take it. So I, 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 I don't, I still don't understand a famine. I do. I am 1,000%. So I don't want any, so I'll say this. I don't want anyone to think I'm disagreeing with the person who emailed me. I'm not disagreeing with the person who emailed me. I'm in complete agreement that there is, there is a lack of quality content out there. I got no problem acknowledging that. But what I'm saying is whether the content is good or whether the content is bad, all it takes is a little bit of work, a little bit of creativity, a little bit of dedication, and you can turn that thing into the best meal you've ever had spiritually. So what do we need? Do we need more content? Well, I'm always producing content. So in some ways, sometimes I feel like I'm really not really adding to anything because I don't know if we need more content. But I know we need to help people use the con. That's why my whole idea of trying to do like a sermons, a sermon audio, sermons 2.0 radio, where I can take like the right there. I, if, if I was live doing a live broadcast, I would have been like, Hey, this next segment are the, are three sermons that were just added to the sermons, uh, sermon audio website and the sermons 2.0 app. Here we go. The first one is James chapter five. All right. So let's listen. Then we're going to listen. And then after it, I would have came back in and here, here's the outline. Here were the major points. And here are three questions for you to consider after listening to that sermon. All right. All right we're going to take a break, play some music, come back. Our next sermon is Psalm 51. All right. Here we go. After that, I would come back on. All right. Here was the outline. Here was a summary statement. Here are three things, three things to consider or three questions for you to consider as you move on with your day. All right. Coming up next. Boom. All right, then I would play music, then come back. All right, coming up next is the last sermon that was just added is from the Gospel of John. That It would be awesome. Now, would that help people? I don't know. I don't know if that would help people. I don't know. I, I think maybe having to ask those questions and maybe trying to summarize what we just heard would be important. But the thing is, or giving people for, you know, for further for further study, I could give people assignment. I could give homeworks for every, I could give people homework for every sermon. I, I just, I just don't see a famine. I just don't see a famine. Cause I just, I, I do see people who are too busy and people who aren't willing to put forth even five seconds of effort. 
I don't. You can give me your thoughts. I, I'm so grateful for the person who emailed me because they offered kind of a unique perspective that I had not given it much thought about. And so I, I want to see it from a different perspective. I am complete agreement that there's a lack of good quality. I just struggle with the fact that no matter how bad the quality is, we could be getting so much more if we'd put forth the, I like, like I just right there already makes me feel guilty. The sermon audio has been around forever. Like, I, do I really utilize all of that content? I could have done the same thing with the Edify Christian podcast app. I could have d- done the same thing with sermons, uh, sermons.net uh, app. Is it sermons.net? I always forget the name of it. Let me pull up the app. Let me pull it up. Um, where is it? I got a bunch of notifications from it. Yeah, sermons, sermon.net, sermon.net. I've got six notifications. So things, things have been added to the sermon.net app in this last hour. Things have been added to the Edify Christian podcast app in the last hour. And uh, things have been added to sermon, sermon, uh, sermons 2.0 and the sermon, uh, sermon audio webpage in the last hour. So it means like every hour of every day, there's this new content. Now, some of it would be good. Some of it will be bad, but. I don't think that's a famine. Give me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. I'm thankful people are engaging this subject. Everyone has strong opinions on it. I'd love to get your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful Friday. Thanks for listening. God bless.